You're listening to Force Friends Rewatch, a Star Wars TV show podcast. From Rebels to Resistance and The Mandalorian to Ewoks, we've got you covered. Here's your warning, there will be spoilers. And there will be swearing, because our hosts just get so gonk darn excited to talk about these good, good shows. Welcome to Force Friends Rewatch. I'm your host, Andy. And I'm Ryan. On Force Friends Rewatch, we talk about Star Wars television shows. We are currently covering Star Wars Rebels Season 1, Episode 13? I think 13, yeah. If you 13? count Spark of Rebellion as one episode, this is... Uh, this is... Vision of Hope? Yeah, no. Uh, no? This was... We did Vision of Hope before. This is Call to Action. Call to Action, yeah. I watched it today. I have a great memory. I do too. Before we get into that, though, uh, now that we remember the the title, uh, Ryan's got a bit for us. I have. Uh, so, as I think most of our listeners have probably fantasized, uh, pretend you are Lama Su, Prime Minister of Kamino. Of course. Now, don't get ahead of yourself. I know we all have a lengthy list of what we would do in that situation. You have to choose a template for the clone army ordered by a Sifo Diaz. Django Fett's busy. He took a sick day. Uh, who do you pick? Keanu Reeves. Keanu Reeves. Okay. Yep. Okay. I was thinking Star Wars characters, but I like it. Why oh, Keanu Reeves? Okay. I'm sorry. No, 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 uh, no, no. Both. One, one Star Wars answer and one non-Star Wars answer. There we go. Why Keanu? Okay. And then who from Star Wars? Well, one, uh, Keanu is immortal. Uh, he's a, he's, he's, he's a, he's a cryptid that is confirmed by Alex Flanagan from the Cryptid Keeper podcast, also on All the right. Lunar Light Network. Um, he does like all of his own shit in John Wick and is just like the perfect weapon, but he's also a heart of gold. I love I him. I like it. He's very good. He would not execute Order 66. No, he definitely would not. Yeah. All right. Uh, who's your, what about, who's your who, Star Wars answer? Before I give you my Star Wars answer, who's your non-Star Wars answer? Ooh. Um... That's a good question. I think, I mean, if I'm looking for like efficiency in terms of an army, the easy answer is the rock. But if I'm looking to make things interesting, I feel like Gary Busey is the right kind of chaos God that if Jesus. we had like millions of Gary Buseys. Oh my God, right? What? <laughs> What if, what? what if we had a falling out and we went to war and your Keanu's fought my Gary's? We're too small to like have fans making art, but I desperately want fan art of this. <laughs> I do too. Oh God. Okay. Um, my Star Wars answer for who who I would use as the clone template. Uh... Maybe Sugi? Okay. The the Zabrak bounty hunter with the yeah. metal arm? She's Jazz's aunt, right? From yeah. Aftermath. Jazz yeah, Mori's okay. aunt. 
she's just like a badass lesbian who like kicks all tons of ass and like Jess all would right. also be a good pick. Like yeah. Jess fucking rips out one of her own horns and murders a guy with it. And like yes, she does, I forgot about that. That's the sort of uh like dedication you want out of your clone <laughs> army. Uh so either either of them. Top okay. notch choice. I feel it. I agree. What about you? Who's your Star Wars answer? You know, I have had the privilege of living a clone army of my answer. My answer is Will Row Hood. Because there's no better time at any convention than the running of the Will Row Hoods, armed with our ice cream makers and whatnot. And right there, like a clone army of Will Row Hood is a good time. That's a great answer. Thank you. Yours was what great, about- too. What about Ben Quadraneros? Oh, yes. We practically got that in Clone Wars, a little army of Ben's. Yeah, they were minors. useless. It was great. Oh, completely, mm-hmm. as is Ben. I mean, the Toons are useless as a species. It's probably part of their culture. They're a face with limbs. Like, come on. Anywho. Anywho. That was a great bit. That was so Thank fun. Thank you. Thank you. So let's talk about this episode. What happened in this episode? I guess it's Andy's job to describe what happened Andy's in the episode. Andy's job to recap. Uh, fuck. Um, I'm just so fried. Uh, we're recording this after a long work day, but I got it. I'm ready. I'm you got in, it. Let's I'm do it. In let's the hear zone. It. I'm in. This is for Keanu. <laughs> this is for all of Keanu. All of the Keanus all out there. This is for you. <laughs> Oh, it opens up with Grand Moff Tarkin, which is yeah. fucking great. I love that Tarkin was a so much. Intro. Yes. Yeah. And the the Imperial March is playing, but it's like the the parade march. So good. So that good. Was phenomenal. And Tarkin has like had it up to his hairline with this Imperial incompetence. And uh he's here to like kick ass, take names, and find these rebels. And he he murders some people with uh, the Inquisitor, and that he, he, he kind of reams out Minister Tula, and uh, he he even gives Callus some shit, which broke my heart. And then it cuts over to the rebels, and they're real salty about Travis, and they're like, "What if we what if we razzed on him?" What if we did what Travis does, but weren't shit dicks about it? And I'm swearing a lot this episode. I'm sorry. I love it. I just got this filthy filthy rebel's mouth. You are unhinged. I am. I'm full feral. You are putting the X in Disney XD. I'm here. I'm here for Keanu. This is all for Keanu. This language. (laughs) All for Keanu. Uh, So they, they come up with this scheme to... Uh, hijack this like broadcasting tower uh, as they are scouting it out they get noticed by a probe droid and they think that it gets destroyed by Ezra doing some beast control but it still like transmits that they were there and so the Empire is ready for them and Callus uh, suggests, oh, well, we'll up security. That way we don't lose the tower. And Tarkin is like, nah, like, let them take it. And then you close in on them. And the the plan completely works. Like, they wanted to capture Kanan. They capture Kanan. 
Uh, there is a great lightsaber duel between Caden and the Inquisitor. Uh, and the Inquisitor even comments like, wow, you've been practicing, like you've gotten a lot better. And Kanan is like, are you flirting with me? And the Inquisitor <laughs> is like, no, but like, would you like it if I did? And Kanan is like, this is getting <laughs> awkward. Uh, like you're kind of like choking me. My girlfriend is up in that spaceship. And then Hera and the kids get away. And Kanan is captured. And that's the whole episode. Maybe I don't remember this as clearly as I thought I did. No, that's it. <laughs> that I was nailed it. it. Yeah, that was Shoot. the whole thing. Okay. My, I think my internet went out before it ended then. <laughs> I, you know, that was all I, canon. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I don't know why you're not writing Star Wars. I, I liked this one. This was fun. Not yeah. as fun as you remember it being, but it was fun. I, I love anytime we get a callous or a grand inquisitor episode. And this was like the two of them together. It was great. Also, Tarkin is just the best. Oh, he is. Love to hate him. He's so good. Oh yeah. He, he might be my favorite star Wars villain. He's up there for me. Yeah. He's uh, he's spooky. He's so interesting. I still need to read his book. Oh, it's great. Yeah. I've heard that. I need to read that. Um, yeah, I mean, he's so... Did you ever read uh, Rogue Planet? It was a Legends novel. Which one was that? Was it that was... the Obi-Wan one? Sort of. It was three years post-Phantom Menace, and it was Obi-Wan and young Anakin. That was the A plot. And it was them, like, encountering the Yuzhan Vong two generations early, like an advanced scout. But oh. then there was a B plot. It's the only story that has really featured Wraith Sinar, who like invented the TIE fighter and stuff. And it's him as an arms dealer and Tarkin. And Tarkin is just like, yo, in like 10 years, everything's going to change and we need you. And we're literally going to be blowing up planets. And it's like these guys trying to get to the Yuzhan Vong and Anakin and Obi-Wan trying to get to the Yuzhan Vong. It's fascinating. It came out like really early in the new Jedi order books. Yeah. I like, I have a vague memory of it. I'm sure. I'm sure I read it at some point when I was like 12. <sighs> Same. That was the story yeah. that really, because like Tarkin, when you're a kid, you kind of forget about Tarkin because he's, he's always with Vader and you're focused on Vader and Vader's yeah. cool. And, and he's like an adult, fear like people like Tarkin are real and that he's sociopath and that book kind of showed me how much I like Tarkin I love his story in um from a certain point of view oh that was fascinating and they have they have since like tried to downplay it and backpedal that it's not Tarkin but it definitely is like yeah there's nobody else that could be uh, the story I'm referencing is of Mastroids and Men, if I'm remembering correctly. Is of MSC6 and Men, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, it is told from a Mastroids perspective who specifically works for TK421. Yeah. And is TK421's go-between between him and his lover, who is a high-ranking Imperial officer and uh tk41 has to keep erasing the droid's memory so that people don't find out about this like 
illicit love affair between this like lowly stormtrooper and this high-ranking imperial officer and so like the the droid is struggling to recall stuff and yes. like memories are hazy and it's delightfully fun uh the audiobook is great of the whole th- like of all of the an- anthologies uh but that one's really good and uh it's just like a great perspective on Turkin uh because like the the officer is never named but there are tons of hints that it is Grand Moff Tarkin and it's clear that that oh, was yeah. at least the author's intent well it's it's not if memory serves it's an officer who is present on the Death Star's bridge when it's destroyed and I remember for some reason I I did not think it was Mahdi like it not only is it heavily implied to be Tarkin but it can't be anyone else. Like we see the Death Star's bridge. Well, there's there's that. There's uh, a reference to the uh, like the 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 choking scene on the in the uh, like war room, and it's like very clearly like Tarkin's perspective. There's references to Tarkin's homeworld in the officer's uh, bedroom. Um, yeah. The the voice actor is doing like a Tarkin voice uh, for the audiobook, So like, yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's Tarkin. Um, it has to be. Welcome to force friends, Tarkin, the podcast yeah. where we only talk about Tarkin. Well, I don't want Mahdi to be gay representation. I want no. Tarkin to be gay yeah. representation. It's Tarkin might be one of the best written villains in star Wars. I mean, he's, and he's been fleshed out like the was it the Tarkin Age of Rebellion comic that kind of shows us his childhood? Buff Tarkin. Hmm? Buff Tarkin. <laughs> Buff he, Tarkin takes that's shirt, right. he takes his that's shirt right. off and beats the oh, shit God. out of that guy. I forgot about that part, but yes. Oh, the, the novel, it has a lot of like young Tarkin flashbacks in it. And it's really good. Yeah. Interesting. Clone Wars made me hate him. But like, oh, he's great in Clone Wars. Oh, yes. I hope we see him again in some way. I'd like to see a little bit of his rise. So what else happened in this episode? Uh, great fight scene. Again, like really, really solid duel between Kanan and the, the Grand Inquisitor. That was phenomenal. Um, I love how the Grand Inquisitor fights. He's so classy. Yeah. He's phenomenal. Yo, he's another one that I would like a cameo from in Clone Wars, but I understand if we don't get that. I like, like this idea. I like, mm-hmm. and I like, I really love this idea that he turned pre-order 66. Have you heard, we actually may have discussed this on the show we, before. We have I'm definitely sorry. discussed it on the show. Yeah. The yeah. theory of him, not really a theory, but Henry Gilroy of him being the reason Anakin could do it. Like they, you could show that. As we're recording this, the second episode of the Sage of Mandalore is going to premiere tomorrow. So this is uh, thurs- Thursday night. It's the 23rd. Just to show our hand a little bit. Uh, I am still hopeful that we'll see some glimpses of more episode three content happening to like kind of give perspective of where Ahsoka's journey is at in relation to the events of the film. Did you see and Ashley Eckstein just released a Vader tank top or something? I think it's a tank top with the Clone Wars logo on it. No, but that's dope. That's interesting. So we'll uh, we'll, we'll keep our fingers crossed that we uh, 
Yes. We get some more of it because I loved it in the first episode for the Siege of Mandalore where, you know, it opened with Aya Sakura on Felucia and Plo Koon on Nemoidia. And it was just like, oh, shit, we in it now. Yeah. We here now. (laughs) Yeah, man. But yeah, it'd be it'd be cool if he just had like a little cameo as a temple guard. Yeah. Just, you know, yeah. Doesn't even Ahsoka need to say anything. Sense. Just no, just, not at all. Just, just have him like walk by. I mean, or, if you want to show one temple guard butchering the rest of them, yeah, people I would know. Say no. People would catch it. Yeah, they, they gave us little Kanan, so they, I mean, who knows? What that was do. cute. That was enough, though. Like that story's been told. But maybe yeah. if you do an Order sixty six sequence, it would be cool to see Depa go down and then Kanan get away. Uh, honestly, a book on the Grand Inquisitor is deserved. I would like one of those audio dramas, like what they did with Duke. Hey, they're doing one with Aphra. I just saw that right before we recorded. I just saw that. I am very excited. I was just like worried. Talking about queers in Star Wars. Give me some Aphra content. That's going to be so rad. It's an adaptation of the original comic arc, apparently, but like expanded and more in her head than Vader's. That's going to be amazing. Yeah, I like That's that. That's going to be so good. And I, I was literally just like two days ago getting anxious over this. Like, they don't release their sales numbers, so we don't know how Dooku did. And I was like, oh, man, like, what if what if we never get another Star Wars audio? And then I ooh. was I was a little late to Dooku Jedi Lost, but it, it's fantastic. It's, it's good. very good. It's really good. Yeah, I shipped Dooku and Sifo. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean. Uh, who doesn't? Yeah. Yeah. They're. They're best friends, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. <laughs> oh, sitting man. in sitting in this Jedi Star Cruiser five feet apart because we ain't gay. <laughs> no, they they're gay. They are. They are. And and Christopher Lee, the actor who played Duke, who was a great friend of Peter Cushing, who originally played Tarkin, who debuts in Star Wars Rebels in the episode Call to Action. And we're back. Connections. Connections, connections. You know it. Uh, speaking of Clone Wars and Rebels and, you know, I, I love when those stories can interact and cross over with the yeah. Aphra series. I loved the seeing Vader with a legion of the battle droid commandos. So cool. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah. So cool. And like Aphra's just such a great character to bring in elements of like other Star Wars time periods. She is. You know, She's archaeologist. So cool. Yeah. Perfect. It's absolutely brilliant. Anyway, Rebels, because anyway. we are only here to talk about the Star Wars TV shows, only. specifically Star Wars Rebels. Them's the rules. Any any other standout moments for you? We've kind of been uh, all over the place this episode. Yeah. <laughs> so to be honest, I had completely forgotten that the Travis episode kind of ties right into the idea of sending out a broadcast, which uh, it it takes away some of my criticism in the last episode that that went nowhere. I still think Ezra's idolization of Travis was out of the blue, but that episode did feed into this one really beautifully as rebels tends to do. I loved the bit about Travis like publicly declaring his support for the empire and how he wasn't inspiring rebellion some of his supporters, you know, took it too far and became violent and corrupted yes. his message. And it's like, you son of a bitch. Like, yeah. you're yeah. the worst. 
he is. And I wonder if that's been the MO all along. Like if, if he, every planet that he's done this trick on, that broadcast is just to that planet, but they think it's to the rest of the galaxy. Like has he, I don't know. Did you read Lords of the Sith? I think I did right when it came out. That's the Ryloth one, right? With Jim. Yeah. So Palpatine purposefully like seeds Ryloth with anti-imperial propaganda. Right. And like stokes resistance groups and then offers himself and Vader up, quote unquote, as bait. Because he knows they'll attack and like they'll take the opportunity even though they're not ready and it'll then be easier to crush all of them at once. And it's, it's real fucked up and it's also really brilliant. And I totally see Travis, you know, under Imperial instruction doing the same thing of like, I'm here to stoke, you know, resistance and get people fired up and, you know, they're going to take their shot. They're going to try and join me, even though they're not ready. And then, you know, it's a trap and we'll wipe them out. And, you know, thankfully our plucky heroes were able to escape and get away and not, not really fall for it. But I'm sure Travis has led many a uh, revolutionary to their doom, which is very dark, especially for a kid's show. Yeah. He's the worst. Like you said. Yeah. Um, what else? Uh, some good Sabine. Yeah, Again, I, f- I feel like she hasn't had a, a real standout episode since uh, the one with her and Hera, but uh, she's great, and she kicks some ass in this one, which is always good. Uh, I love the Imperial gunship. Yeah, that was cool. I think, if memory serves, that was developed for 1313 and then kind of showed up in the Ahsoka arc. And then shows up here. Uh, the Republic gunship is one of my like favorite prequel era designs. And I love the idea of the Empire having kind of a sleeker looking version. Yeah. Uh, the shuttle Tarkin arrived on. I had a micro machine model of it. <laughs> Correct me if I'm Same. wrong. I don't think it ever showed up in the movies. It. Very briefly shows up in the movies. Uh, it is a longer, bulkier version of the Imperial shuttle from Return of the Jedi. Yeah. It shows up in the A New Hope special edition in the scene where the sand troopers are patrolling the desert in the special edition only. You can see one lifting off and uh, going up into space in the background. There you go. <laughs> I am uh, I am the encyclopedia for nonsense like that. I can't remember what, but the other night my girlfriend Becca was on like a video conference with her Mandalorian Mercs clan and I was frantically called over to answer some Star Wars trivia question about somebody's lightsaber color or I don't know, but they all knew I was the encyclopedia of nonsense. There you go. Well, that's why you have a Star Wars podcast. <laughs> I can't remember the plot of this episode to remember that it tied into the one before it, but. I could tell you Alton Castle wears a blue uniform instead of the usual Imperial green and has a rank badge with the Imperial media logo on it. Damn. If there wasn't a virus, I would say I need to go outside. Uh, what else? Anything you'd change about this episode? 
Like, yes. I mean, we can talk uh, all day about how good it is. I think yeah. it's I think it's a quality quality episode. I would, um, and I don't know. I, we've hinted at this in previous episodes, but I don't know if I've said anything explicitly uh, off screen. When Ezra gives his broadcast, we know that his parents are inspired to start some kind of revolt in a prison. And it can be inferred that other people know they're there. So you know what I would change? I would tell the boy about his parents. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> Honestly, though, like in all seriousness, uh, I, it is it is kind of dark watching this episode now knowing that that's happening off screen. Um, Because that's what inspired their revolt where they got killed. But anyway... Uh, I don't. I don't think I would change anything. Like it's a good, straightforward, linear story. It sets up the sort of two-part finale, three-part finale we got. I so, think it's exactly what it needs to be. Hmm? Yeah, I don't think I would change anything either. Like I think it's a fantastic episode. Yeah. Um, there are tons of like little moments that I really enjoyed. Uh, there's some big moments I really enjoyed and it's, it's, it's perfect. And it sets up the two part finale, I think really well with, with high stakes. Yeah. And that's, I mean, this show does, I remember there was a, I think it was a New York comic con panel right before it aired where, or maybe it was celebration where Filoni talked about that something that you couldn't do with Clone Wars was the stakes. If Anakin crashes his starfighter, he's going to get a new one because he's got the military might of the galaxy behind him. But he said in rebels, he consciously wanted to emphasize the stakes. And this is, this is one of the first times where like things could get really bad. I mean, the, the galaxy's under a tyrannical empire. Things are already bad, but this is one of the first times where it's like a personal, like you don't know if they will get Kanan back. There's no guarantee. Yeah. And I mean, like, they do crash the phantom and they don't get it back. Yeah. Like, like they go episodes without it. Yeah. Uh, speaking yeah, I mean, about Tarkin, him murdering the, uh, ooh, the two officers, yeah. uh, one very dark, uh, which is, you know, good, uh, you know, definitely puts the fear in you. And then two, yeah. it, I like that he uses the Tarkin Doctrine like in house. Like, yeah, the Tarkin Doctrine is about ruling the galaxy through fear and through consequences, and through like big shows of might. And he's also doing that to his own troops. I mean, it only makes sense that that's that's really like that's how he was raised. Almost, that's the only way he knows how to operate. I love it. And you can, you know, contrast that to Thrawn, who when his subordinates make make a mistake. He, like, teaches them the right way to do it. Uh, I don't know if that happens in Rebels at all, but it's it's a standout moment of Thrawn in the original Thrawn trilogy. Yeah. Where uh, a gunner, you know, like, a low-ranking officer makes an error, and Thrawn comes up to him, and he's like, do you know the right way to do it? And the, the guy's like, no, I was never trained how to handle this scenario. And instead of punishing... Uh, the gunner, he punishes the guy's commanding officer and then, like, teaches the gunner the right way to do it. Yeah, I don't and, think we really get that in Rebels. Yeah, it's it's a shame because I do think that that's something that makes Thrawn unique. Yeah, 
And, uh, you know, seeing the ruthlessness of Tarkin in this kid's show is, like, kind of buck wild. Like, Clone Wars yeah, and Rebels are definitely, they definitely have those moments where it's like, did anyone, like, watch this ahead of time? Because this is... <laughs> This is brutal. Like, there's a moment where Grievous, like, snaps a clone's neck with his foot, and it's just like, Jesus Christ. I forgot about that. There were, I mean, in Clone Wars, there were a couple times that the network censored them. Like, that episode where Ventress grabs the ARC trooper and, like, pulls him towards her and kisses him as she kills him. Cartoon Network just flat out said, like, you need to cut that scene differently for broadcast. we're We're not doing that. When Maul cuts off, uh, what's his name's head? His his head flies out of his helmet. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, they, like, then his helmet rolls, and it's like, oh, jeez. In that arc, apparently Cartoon Network was just not down to show uh, when he kills all the Black Sun people on Mustafar, they refuse to show the shot where their headless bodies slump out of the chairs. But other than that, it was all good. And yet they showed Ahsoka beheading all those Mandos. Like, what? Yeah, it's wild. Anyway. Yeah. Those aren't the cartoon shows I grew up with. I grew up with, like, Batman the Animated Series, which, yeah. like, don't get me wrong, psychologically dark, but, like, no one ever gets shot in that. Like, no. Although, yeah. I mean, what happens to poor Tim Drake is really messed up. Ugh. I don't think I've seen that. It's in the uh, Joker Returns movie. I haven't seen that. Uh, it's a Batman, Batman Beyond movie. And uh, yeah, Tim Drake, rough end. Poor uh, guy. Rest in peace. Sorry for your loss. Anyway, anything about Star Wars? Anything else about Star Wars? Great episode setting up for the two-part finale, which I guess we'll cover that in one. Um, yeah, we That's can how do we just did. one. That's how we did the the first one. We covered part one and part two together. Well, this, but this aired separately. Oh, it did air separately. It did air separately. Yeah. Hmm. I remember because I uh, I had heard a theory that Ahsoka was in the last one, and I went dark until it aired in California. Still, I feel like I feel well, like it's hard it. to cover just a part one. Yeah, that's true. Like we could it, do it's it. it's tough to not talk about the arc as a whole. Yeah, and this is really, I mean, it feeds into, because the next one ends with them realizing they have to go to Mustafar, and then the next one is them going to Mustafar. Yeah. Let's cover it as one. Let's, let's, let's do it. finish Rebels Season 1 next week. Let's do it. Or, I mean, in two weeks. Who knows what the hell we'll do after that. Yeah, I mean, we should decide that. We should probably figure that out. Yeah. Maybe maybe Rebels Season 2? Maybe a Clone War? Maybe? Maybe a Mando? Yeah. Maybe droids? Who knows? Maybe droids. Yeah. All right, but I think I think that's going to do it for us. I think that does it for us. All right. So I finally wrote an ending script so I can stop fumbling through okay. my, 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 my sign-off. Proud of you. So here it is. First time. Go. An actual script. Well, that's going to do it for us. Follow us on Twitter at Force Friends Pod. Talk to us on the Lunar Light Discord. Give us money at Kofi slash Force Friends Rewatch. Shoot us an email at Force Friends Rewatch at Gmail. 
And we want to give a huge thank you to Bristol Podworks for that good, good intro and for being our producer. Go reach out to them to make your podcast dreams come true. Uh, listen to other shows on the network like Trans Questioning, like Badvertising. I mentioned it earlier, like Cryptid Keeper, uh, like Ending Pending. And Ryan, how do we end? We tell the boy about his parents. They're throwing a prison revolt. Tell the They're boy. They're throwing a prison revolt right now. You got it. Right now. Tell him now. He could be helping them. He, he could. But he, you he didn't probably tell him. got killed, though, but tell him. Oh, he, he I mean, he's kind of like a pat. He's like a Jedi now. Yeah. He could have maybe yeah. helped. Maybe. Probably a lot of stormtroopers in a prison, though. It's a lot yeah. of them. Mm. Well, tell the boy. Tell the boy. Tell the boy. All right. Tell the boy. Lunar Light Studio. Pretty, witty, and gay.